You are now checked in to Stand Up New York Labs. Oh, yeah. Very serious. This is the Mandatory Samson Podcast, coming to you from Stand Up New York Labs on the Isle of Manhattan and the snow-covered streets of New York City. For the 21st time, I'm your host, Chris Flannery. And for the first time ever, I'm joined by my two amazing co-hosts, Andrew Genelosi and Joseph Noe, via Google Hangouts. Hi, guys. Hey. Hey, everybody. Hey guys, love you Google. Thank you so much. That's, that's right, very good. Uh, yeah, for those of you that don't know, we usually record on Thursdays at 4 p.m. Uh, we're starting a little early today because it's snowing out and my two friends could not make it here, but I was able to get over to the studio and uh, Evan is producing and I really appreciate it. So uh, we'll see how this episode goes. We got some good shit to talk about. We're going to maybe do 45 minutes, an hour. We might do an hour and a half. Who the hell knows where it's going to go. But I'm kind of excited that we're doing this uh, using all this technology. It's pretty cool. Yeah, it's very cool. Um, just so everybody knows, the the snow is really, really bad in New York City and the surrounding areas today. I'm uh, I'm out in Queens at my girlfriend's house. Joey's in New Jersey at his house. And Chris lives close to the studio, so he was able to make it over there. But, uh, but yeah, it's pretty bad. And I'm in New York City with no... Uh, 20 minute walk to the subway to start my trip and that would have been a disaster so yeah, i had to stay home it's very shitty in the city i mean it's actually really really cool as i was walking here the snow uh kind of energized me it's really exciting i don't like when people dislike the snow it's fun but yeah i mean you, there's no reason that you guys uh, joey definitely couldn't have gotten here and for you it would have just been ridiculous andy so it's fine yeah um anyways joey how you doing over there you're uh you're in new jersey oh by the way andy you just blew it because you said you're in queens aaron suggested that we call this the tri-state conference call which i think we're still gonna name the episode that but you kind of blew it because you're still in new york sorry i want to mention that i'm actually at an undisclosed location to be exact he's in joey don't make that joke you're better than that <laughs> he's in rivervale new jersey everybody that's where he is <laughs> I know exactly where it is. You can tweet me and I'll give you his exact location and directions. Uh, um, all right. So, oh, you know what? I was going to give a couple of shout outs to some people real quick, but I wanted to bring this up. Last week, we talked about, uh, Andy, you needed a nickname for your fans. Yeah. And my mom texted me after the show because she's a good mom and she listens and watches the live stream. And she came up with Androids. Yeah, which I liked a lot. Yeah, I love it. I think it's great. Joey, what do you think about that? A fantastic name. Fantastic. I mean, it's better than the Noeites. Oh, actually, you know what? Molly got wow. mad. No, 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 because Molly got mad because she was like, Joey just copied Samsonites by saying Noeites. <laughs> oh my she, she thinks your people should be called nobodies. <laughs> no. Oh. That's not cool. <laughs> I think uh, that's so funny. It's funny, though. <laughs> not cool, but it's funny. Yeah, that really works out, I think. So, uh, I, I don't no. know. I'll probably call them nobodies, but you could call them no yet, Joey. <laughs> but, okay, so for the record, I do like Android. Because there were a couple suggestions that I just wasn't into. But Androids, I think, is great. Even though I'm an iPhone user, I think Androids is a fantastic name for any potential fans that may be out there somewhere <laughs> uh you have plenty hmm. of fans bubba i'm sure it's gonna be fine um uh, all right so we're going with androids and i'm gonna call your fans nobody's joey but i, I don't mean to insult the fans it's more just a <laughs> dig at joey um all right so i wanted to give a couple of shout outs real quick we got an email uh from my man nick b he's from jefferson county missouri and he was uh, interested in the hey! yeah he was interested in the conversation we we're having about meth he was like this is the former meth capital of the u.s I mentioned that. I know. Well, he got involved. Right? Yeah, I think he did. Oh, okay, great. All right, yeah, yeah, I thought I mentioned that. Okay, cool, yeah. Uh, he was also really upset that my New York Rangers were able to acquire uh, offensive defenseman Keith Yandel 
from the Arizona mm-hmm. Coyotes, and he, he was upset because his Blues didn't really do anything. But the Blues are solid. That could be a finals preview. We'll see what happens. Yeah. All right. Back on. Oh, I didn't even notice that you were gone. So perfect, Joe. You, you handled that seamlessly. Uh, yeah. Thanks, buddy. What, what happened? What did you do? Uh, nothing. It just said network uh, not responding and then just discon- disconnected. All right. You know, I kind of, I, I do miss you guys. I, I, you know, usually we kind of like, you know, we rub each other's shoulders a little bit before the show starts. Joey pulls it out and we kind of <laughs> hang out a little bit. But I don't mind this. This isn't bad. We could just start doing the show from our houses. No, I, I, I don't, don't like that. No, I miss the, I miss the camaraderie and the pizza already. Ah, uh, see, I, is, yes, I bought a pizza the other day and I was very excited about it. So that's what Andy's referencing. Um, yeah. All right. So I shouted out Nick B. I also want to shout out uh to edan dixon the comments on everything we we post on soundcloud sometimes he calls us dummies uh sometimes he agrees with us but either way i really appreciate his comments and uh you know thank you buddy i i hope you keep listening and i hope we uh get a little smarter uh over time we know well we'll we'll only be able to see what happens all right so yeah we didn't really get to nine by didn't really we didn't at all do a show rundown but i have a couple of quick hits that i'm sure we can get into and i guess you guys are going to have some topics uh andy do you have a song for the end of this episode or what yes i do and it's a song that is so unlike anything we've ever we've ever played uh it's a hip-hop song and it's by a new they're relatively new they're called have you heard of migos yeah 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 am i you know who they are yeah I thought it was a guy. I didn't know it was a group, but yeah. No, no, no. Yeah, I thought that too. Turns out, I think it's like three of them. And I think Migos is short for Amigos because they're from, I think they're from Atlanta and they talk a lot about like Spanish drug stuff. So like, I think that's what they're into. Uh So it's, it's an awesome song. It's called Antidote by Amigos and everybody's going to love it because it just makes you super excited and hyped up and it's great. Uh, Phenomenal. It's called Antidope? Yeah, Antidope. Cool, I really like that. It is is the most ridiculous song you will ever hear in your life, but like you, it's one of those ones where like it's so it's so funny you can't help but enjoy it. Alright, fair enough. Well, so Everybody look forward to hearing that Migo song at the end of this uh, episode. That's going to be pretty cool. So the first thing I brought uh, to talk about, I had a clip, but it's like it's unnecessary. Basically, it was just going to be kind of fodder for us to like make fun of. Um, This senator, uh, James Inhofe, uh, he's a Republican from Oklahoma. He was on the floor of the Senate the other day, and he brought a snowball to prove that climate change isn't real, that it's a hoax. Oh, how adorable. Yeah. He wrote a book called The Greatest Hoax, How the Global Warming Conspiracy Threatens Your Future, and he brought a fucking snowball in a baggie to the Senate floor and, like, threw it to the presiding officer, uh, basically just being like, well, it's snowing a lot, so there's no way climate change is real. That shit infuriates me. What do you guys think about that? Uh, yeah, I can't. I can't, I can't help but agree with that. I mean, I don't. I don't really know what else to say. I, is it, uh, never. Never mind. I, Joey, go ahead. My question is, how long did the snowball last in the plastic bag? Well, I don't know. I guess he grabbed it when he was outside the Senate, and then he just fucking brought it in to to look like an asshole. But he goes, uh, "I have one of his his what quotes." God, Andy. Did he throw it at somebody? Yes, he took it out of the the bag and he tossed it to like the guy that was standing there. But did he, <laughs> but like underhand toss like for him to catch it, or did he like take it out and throw it like a snowball? No, he underhanded it like a little wuss. It would have oh, been okay. funnier if he just threw it at the camera or something. Yeah. If he just threw it at him, I think <laughs> people would have been more on board with it. Right. He goes, in case we have forgotten, because we keep hearing that 2014 has been the warmest year on record, I ask the chair, you know what this is? He said, holding up a snowball. It's a snowball (laughs) from outside here. So it's very, very cold out. Very unseasonable. Stupid ass. And and so there's no way climate change is real. Right. He goes, we hear the, the perpetual headline that 2014 has been the warmest year on record, but now the script has flipped. Like. Oh, he said that? Yes. 
Oh, that's whenever I hear somebody say they're gonna flip the script, I'm always like, I am taking this person seriously. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> well, it's like Migos is on the floor of the Senate uh, presenting. Like, here's the thing. It, 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 it I'm sorry, I got you off. We're, uh, yeah, and for people listening, like, we're trying our best. We've never done this before, so I don't want to, like, you know, we're going to try not to cut each other off. But go ahead, Andy. What were you going to say? No, no, no. That's it. Go ahead. It's just, yeah, again, guys, it's choppy, so we're doing the best we can. Uh, I think it's coming through pretty solid, though. i got to be honest. Although, I will say this. I'm running this off my phone's hotspot because Time Warner Cable fucking sucks a dick. The so am I, yeah. Hey, 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 guys. This episode doesn't have a snowboss chance in hell. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Are you funnier in nah. New Jersey? What? <laughs> <laughs> well, in the two hours that it took us to set up, Joey's just been writing fucking one-liners the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. Meanwhile, you guys are on. I have the camera uh, set up so that you're on the screen here, so people are seeing you if you're going to watch this on Daily Motion when the full episode goes up. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, so you guys are visible. So, Joe, if you want to grab Lyra, your cat, at some point, that'll be great, too. Um, all right. Okay. So, anyway, so that's the fucking James Inhofe thing. I just want to make it clear that there's a difference between weather and climate. When it snows, that's weather. Uh, climate is, like, the overarching uh, increase in temperature, and there's, like, different factors, like solar winds and different things like that, which... Because of climate change, some parts are going to get extremely hot. Some are going to get extremely cold. There could be an ice age. You know, it's, it's, there's a lot of different factors into play, not just because it's snowing. And also, if we're getting a ton of unseasonably like cold weather with a ton of snow, that's, a, that's an aspect of climate change. Well, isn't that the definition of climate change? Yes, yes, because this guy wants to say it's global warming. Like, yeah, that was the wrong way to phrase it. That's the, like because it is the globe is technically getting warmer, but yeah. it's changing the climate. So they really should have called it climate change right from the start. But dummies right. like Jim Inhofe, yeah. you know. Yeah, what you just said was the definition of climate change, and the fact that you have you're explaining it in a mo in a more coherent way than somebody who speaks on the Senate floor is somewhat, you know, somewhat upsetting. Well, that's what bothers Very me, upsetting. right? It's like, uh, so what does this mean? Can I be a senator, or is he so stupid that he should just be working here? I don't know. Uh, yeah, I'd, <laughs> I'd say that's. Never mind. <laughs> uh, all right. So anyway, so that's the Jim Inhofe thing. Joe, you got any uh, any thought on that or what? Nah, I'm good on that one. Okay, thanks, bud. Uh, <laughs> we spent hours getting you on the phone. You're like, nah, I'll pass on that. Thank you. Um, all right. Listen, so- I, got, I got my story ready to go. You just let me know you hit me with it. Oh, my God. What is your story that you have? I'm. Uh, it's about Boris Ninstoff. In Russia, I'm very upset about this. I don't think that's how it's pronounced, but we can definitely talk about that because that's a really interesting story. Why don't you give me a one-line description of what that story is about for people that don't know? Men shot dead and near the Kremlin. Yeah, okay, near the Kremlin. Yep, the Kremlin. Good job. Uh, no. <laughs> sh- sh- shut up. All right. <laughs> so the next story I brought is uh, this is an interesting one, and the, I, I wasn't gonna bring it up because i figure it's going to get a ton of coverage anyway but i might as well we might as well talk about it the doj the department of justice released their ferguson report uh about like the police department yeah uh that was one of mine oh okay great so we can get into that and then i also wanted to couple it with tamir rice for those of you that don't remember uh tamir rice was the 12 year old that who police thought was 22 years old uh pulled up on him (sighs) in the park and shot him within two seconds of being there so we can i was in cleveland right yeah, that was in Cleveland. We and we can, uh, yeah. you know, those two stories I feel like kind of fit together. Um, just uh, as a little bit of reference, the DOJ report was a 105-page study, and it found that the police department reflect and exacerbate existing racial bias. That's a quote. Uh, they have discriminatory intent, and they also found some racist emails, which I have some quotes that we can get into. That quote unequivocally, <sighs> they're unequivocally derogatory and dehumanizing. So that's uh, really good. And obviously Ferguson is where the whole Michael Brown thing went down. And I think that kind of informs it. Uh, Andy, you were going to bring this to the table. Do you have any uh, thoughts about it off the bat before we get into some of the quotes? Um, no, I mean, I guess I, I just um, I, I was going to talk about the story, too, just because it's obviously been a hot issue. And uh, 
since they've decided to basically not acquit him, but just decided they didn't have enough evidence to to move on with the case. But I, as I understand, they're they're going to be trying him m more based on rather than on beyond a reasonable doubt. They're going to be trying him more on on the amount of evidence they've gathered that the uh, mm. pre a preponderance of evidence, I believe, is the the term for it. Oh, okay. I didn't even. I thought that they said that they weren't going to try him. That there was nothing that they could really go after him on. No, but now, you, but no, no, no. I mean, for now that they're taking the civil, the civil lawsuit oh, against oh, okay. him. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, he's going to be fucked in civil court. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. That's what, that's what I was talking about. What, uh, I'm sorry. No, yeah, I, I was under. Yeah, because the DOJ, like, they're not going to press federal charges against him because that was sort of like why they did the, the investigation. Oh. Uh, Oh, I'm sorry. That was that was the story you were talking about from yesterday. Today they announced that they are going to go after him in a civil uh, suit. Oh, okay. Well, mm. good. Yeah, I mean, Michael he's gonna... Brown, yeah, Michael Brown's parents um, are going to go after uh, Wilson in the civil suit. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know what? I actually maybe I did see that in passing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we got our yeah. wires crossed there. Yeah. Okay. He's going to be fucked yeah. in civil court. I mean, I, I would assume he's going to oh, lose I... that. Yeah, I would hope so. I mean, and again, with the way they're trying it in a civil court, it's going to be much, much different. It's just based on the amount of evidence that proves that the big thing that, that the attorney from Michael Brown's parents' attorney wanted to get across was that they're, they're, Darren Wilson had another option rather than to kill Michael Brown. Oh, that's the big yeah, yeah. and have, and I, I mean give me a break how can you how can you even possibly again like we don't have to relitigate the whole thing but how could you possibly argue against that the guy didn't no, have his he and the, the the bigger thing is he's liable because he didn't have the less lethal options with him like obviously exactly. he could have exactly. handled the situation differently but he didn't have his mace or whatever whatever it's called the taser like he didn't have any of those options a baton any and nothing you know Right, so that so naturally, I, I mean, this makes me feel a little bit better. Only that there might be some justice done to Darren Wilson himself. Right, and they are they're investigating all of the because they've had a lot of racial issues in the Ferguson Police Department. Yeah, and the the Department of Justice did uncover that in the, in the report you were talking about. There were a lot of cases of racial bias and things like that so they did uncover that so hopefully with that in the civil suit they can at least bring a lit a little bit of justice and a little bit of peace of mind to uh michael brown's parents hopefully and like all his family and loved ones and yeah stuff. yeah no doubt about it yeah uh yeah i mean joe you got any uh any feelings about this on us in, in the civil side of it uh, I do, actually. To be honest, I don't like the civil court because I don't feel any amount of money will ever reciprocate somebody's life or bring back a no. tragedy that that happened. No, I think it's ridiculous. But All right. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, just the one thing is is that it, it, it doesn't bring that person back, but it at least recognizes that the person who made a mistake, if you can't put him in jail, you need to make him pay for it somehow. You can't just let him skate on it. Like There needs to be some repercussions for a police department that didn't equip, for an officer who made a bad choice, but also for a police department who didn't provide him with with any non-lethal options if he was in a confrontation with somebody who was much not again michael brown was bigger but he wasn't much bigger they were both big guys but anyway that's you know yeah yeah i definitely hear that yeah. i mean the thing the thing is right like it will be good i guess for the community for the family to your point joe you're right yeah they could give them a billion dollars it's not going to bring the kid back so that's that's the issue no yeah but it's, not. It, it's kind of unfortunate that the the justice system doesn't work correctly because it, as opposed to Missouri or the police department or whatever taking the blame in an actual trial that would have taken place now the bird like they're just going to rape Darren Wilson and take a ton of money from him and like fuck up his life which I'm not saying he doesn't necessarily deserve some of that but like this is just going to yeah. be a monetary issue for Darren Wilson now they're just going to ruin his life yeah. completely as opposed to him but going through a trial and and facing like a, an actual you know a, a penalty for breaking a law they're now they're just gonna fucking money wise which you know 
Yeah, but but you don't think um, those two things are probably similar on on a person, just as far as like going to jail or knowing that like you're going to be broke and or paying off debt for the rest of your life. You don't think there's a similar kind of hell in each of those things? Definitely, I'd rather this. Like, I'd rather go broke than be in prison for. Oh yeah, of course you would. You would rather. Yeah, of course you'd rather go broke. But I'm just saying. At least there's like, would you basically? My point is, would you rather him just skate and have nothing to answer to? No, I mean, and that's the thing, right? I mean, that's that's ultimately why. But in an ideal world, the fucking justice system would just work correctly. But right, I, I get your point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Yeah, of course. Joe, did you you fell out or you came back in? What what happened? Uh, everything's good. Okay. Uh, all right. So. Going back to this report, there's a couple of uh, quotes that I wanted to read from it that, again, I, I was talking to Evan before this, uh, before we started. We were talking about it, and he was saying, like, you know, they're not such bad quotes that they're, they're super offensive or whatever, and they're not clever, certainly. They're just, like, these stupid emails that go back and forth, but I think it speaks to the culture of, like, systemic racism and why when a guy like Darren Wilson approaches – two young black guys walking in the middle of the street, he might have a tone or an idea or whatever, a prejudgment about the situation. And I think this kind of speaks to that. So some of the quotes are uh, an April 2011 email that they found. uh, The president, Obama, is depicted as a chimpanzee. Okay. Uh, In October 2011, a photograph of dancing women, apparently in Africa, with the caption, Michelle Obama's high school reunion. Okay. <laughs> right. I mean, it's just like there's these stupid things, but you know, like only really dumb people, I think, would find that hilarious. You know what I mean? Like you're, you're laughing because it's so stupid. You mean the way I just laughed at it? Yeah, but you're not laughing because you think like, wow, what a clever joke. You're laughing because like, oh, that's ridiculous. Like that's ridiculous. Obviously, you're laughing yeah, at the stupidity yeah, of the yeah. situation. Uh, June 2011. An email describes a man seeking welfare for his dogs as they are mixed in color, unemployed, lazy, can't speak English, and have no frigging clue who their daddies are. Like, ugh. What, what hack material? Yeah, that's no good. That really bothers me. There's one uh, just from that point of view. It's like, yeah, I get that people are racist and they're going to say a lot of dumb shit, which is a problem. And, you know, it, it's annoying that cops are that way. But it's just like, God, they're so stupid. Uh, an African-American woman in New yeah. Orleans was admitted into the hospital for a pregnancy termination. Two weeks later, she received a check for $5,000. She phoned the hospital to ask who it's from. The hospital said Crime Stoppers. Like, uh. Oh, that's horrible. <laughs> right, right. And then there's just uh, the the big one oh. that I'm sure people heard about was Obama won't be president for long because, quote, what black man holds a steady job for four years? That's... Uh... Yeah, but that's the thing. It's like you heard that shit before. It's just not funny, but it's sad that that's the how the police are there. You know, like that's the issue. It's one thing if they're just making jokes and you're busting balls, whatever. That's that's a different story. But like they, I guarantee, are thinking like that, and they actually think that's hilarious, and like that's the culture. That's the issue. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'll be honest with you. Those are people that I don't want protecting or serving me as a citizen. Well, they're going to yeah, protect and serve you, Whitey. Well, you know what I meant. I know, I know. No, of course. I know what you People, mean. People, the community in general. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Well, because first of all, again, if you think that's really, really funny, you're not bright. You know, so that's a problem right off the bat. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say that. Yeah, that's true. I mean, you you said it. This hacking material. The only reason we laughed at it is just because it's so ridiculous. And I think, I think that gets misconstrued sometimes. Is people are like, "Well, how could you think that's funny?" And it's like, "No, I don't think the joke is funny. I think it's hilarious that these that people that are this dim-witted, I guess, are in any kind of position of power." Yeah, absolutely right. Well, right. That's it, it, this kind of goes in line with what we just talked about with Inhofe. The he's a, he's a sitting United States senator, and he thinks like, "Oh, I'll bring a snowball down there." Like, oh my god, you you simpleton. Yeah, like really, <laughs> real. Right. So that's what's going on with these guys. All right. So whatever. That's not the the biggest deal. I think we kind of all probably figured that was the case. Like we knew there was a yeah, ton of yeah. racial animus going on there. 
which we don't have to get into. We talked about it when we got into the whole Darren, uh, you know, Darren Wilson, Mike Brown thing the first time. The this one really, like, this one really upsets me, and like, this one bothers me. This Tamir Rice case again. The twelve-year-old, he had a pellet gun. He was out in the park playing with a couple of his friends. I guess somebody called the cops, and the cops showed up. They jump out of the car, and I think we watched the video actually at the time. They we jump did. out of the car. Yeah. yeah, it's a bad video. They jump out. And they're out of the car for a half second, and they fucking shoot this yep. kid dead. He's 12 years old. They Unbelievable. are blaming Tamir Rice for his own death. They, the... Yeah. Yeah, got Andy. No, they said, they're basically saying he raised up on him, right? They're saying they pulled the... And if you see the video, they drive, like, he's at a park in, like, a... He's, like, in a gazebo, Right. Yeah, they're playing. If yeah, I'm I mean, they're playing in just like a regular. Yeah, there's a gazebo there, exactly right, and the car pulls up like. And they're under it. Yeah, the the car pulls up onto the grass, like comes flying in onto the grass. Right. And to Chris's point, they're out of the car for like half a second before they both have their guns up and just start shooting. Like it was like there was no like they went in there with their minds made up. Clearly, oh, uh, uh, no doubt about it. Right. Well, and again, then they say, "Oh, they thought he was twenty-two. He's a fucking twelve-year-old kid. He doesn't look twenty-two. Yeah, you don't mistake that. No, you can't mistake twenty-two with twelve. No, it's not the fact that they even thought that was okay to say is is mind blowing to me. Uh, of course, right? Like if it's LeBron, you go, "Oh, I thought he was forty-five. Yeah, okay, but it's not. It's <laughs> yeah, not. But, that, but that's just that hairline. Exactly. Well, yeah, exactly. Um, let me just read the quote uh, really quickly, like what they actually said, because uh, it's, it, it, I don't know, it infuriates me. Tamir's death on November 22nd and all the injuries his family claims in the suit, uh, quote, were directly and proximately caused by their own acts, not the defendant. The 12-year-old shooting death was caused by the failure to exercise due care to avoid injury. So essentially they're saying that this 12-year-old who's clearly out with his friends playing whatever manhunt or whatever they're doing out in a, in a park by a gazebo mm-hmm. uh, didn't think clearly enough that, hey, maybe these two cops are going to come think I'm a, an adult and shoot me dead today. That's what they're saying. <laughs> oh, yeah, because I remember when I was growing up, and when we played with toy guns all the time, that was what you did when we were growing up. And and the fact that, like, they're making the argument that a 12-year-old didn't think, oh, maybe I shouldn't be out with my friends. In a Just like you said, that maybe a, a police officer is going to come up, not, not be bright enough to understand that we're fucking kids just doing what kids do, and he might kill me. But again... That would be my fault because I misled him somehow. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. it's it's absolutely yeah. I mean, it's absolutely absurd. Joe, you got any thoughts on this? Yeah, with this case and a lot of others, it just turns always turns out to shoot first and ask questions later. Well, like, did, yeah. what threat did that twelve-year-old kid have to anybody or to the cops? Oops, I think I fucked it up. My computer fucked up. Hold on. I think they're going to be coming right back in one second. Is Let's Chris see. coming back? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah, there he is. Sorry. I, my computer uh, okay. screwed up and I had to close the other window so you guys couldn't be seen there. But now uh, you're back. Sorry. Joey, go ahead. Yeah, so I, w- I was just saying that this kid had no threat to anyone around him or the cops themselves. There's no reason to be shooting like that. Yeah, of course. Sure. I mean, he's got a pellet gun. I mean, uh, you know, I'm not obviously definitely not blaming the kid, but like, you know, yeah, maybe you don't run around with the, you know, something that looks like a gun, but give me a break. I mean, if you're like the neighbor or whatever that called the cops, do you really think that those kids, what are they doing? You, know, you can see that they're playing. Well, here's a question for you. What about a bullhorn or the sirens or anything that ha- there could have been another way to ask the kid to stop or Stand still, lower the gun, maybe well, anything. Uh, totally. Well, no, that that was the thing. There was no, there was no conversation about that. <laughs> they didn't, they didn't have. Chris, correct me if I'm wrong, but if I'm remembering correctly, they didn't even have their lights on when they pulled up. Right? They just kind of came speeding up, got out of the car, and shot them. That's how I remember it. And, so, totally. Do you I, remember it differently? No, no, you're remembering it right. I watched it last night. Yeah, no, they their lights are not on. They right, Joe, yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a great point you make. Right, get on the fucking bullhorn and be like, "Hey, stop, stop, get on the ground, whatever." Yeah, what the fuck? Yeah, less than two seconds. Yeah, that to, kid's dead. Yeah, to pull up and start. 
it, the only option, the only time pulling up and just shooting without asking questions or without even thinking would be if there was. If there was like a mass shooting situation where this person had already killed, like like any of the mass shootings we've had in America, if this person had clearly already just been on a rampage and killing people without thinking twice and you pulled up and shot him, fine. But like, and even that would be called into question. But the fact that these were kids playing, they pulled up without their lights on, they pulled up, the kids probably didn't even pay attention to it because they were... They were just like, oh, police, you know, like they probably didn't even think twice about it. And then all of a sudden they get out of their car and that kid is dead within mm-hmm. 15 seconds, probably. Oh, it's li- literally less than two seconds. That's that's what that is the that is the not that is the time frame. It's less than two seconds. So, right. Yeah, you're absolutely right, Andy. Right. They're running around. They're playing. They're not thinking about it. Also, you're going to get spooked if you're standing there and you're not paying attention and you see a cop, a car fly up. You might not even recognize it as a cop car immediately. They don't have the lights on. They're not doing anything to identify themselves. And then they just well, jump out mm. and start shooting. It's patently well, Chris, absurd. Uh, my other thought, right as I said that, too, might just be that the, those are kids. They don't think they're doing anything wrong. So they see a cop car come speeding up. He might have just, like, turned towards it to been like, oh, God, like, what's going on? You know what I mean? Yeah, like, definitely, of not course. To, not to think they're here for us, but to think, like, oh, what's what else is going on in the park? Like, what are these cops here for? He turns and then realizes that they're there for him and, and, that, and then he's dead because that was probably the only thought that went through his head. Because uh, it was so quick. Yeah, yeah. Uh, absolutely right. Yeah, no, I agree. They gave the kid no time to react. Um, wait, you know what? Can you hold on one second? A- Evan, what is that on the screen over there? Is that saying something? On the other screen. I just want to make sure everything's recording. Huh? Oh, okay, cool. Um, all right. Yeah, I mean, that's, uh, you know, whatever. That's fucked up. And again, it speaks to the culture of like, well, yeah, you know, he 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 should have been more careful. Like, it's not our cops that yeah. get out and ask no questions, you know. No, a 12-year-old yeah. kid should have been more careful. Despicable. Um, all right. So I'll tell you what. I actually We're about a half hour in. I think this is going well. Andy, you feel good about it, right? Yep. I mean, it sounds great. Joey, uh, you're, you're good. I feel great, and I can't wait to get to my story. Oh. Well, good news. I was going to say, uh, little Joe Harari, who uh, was unable to make it as well, uh, all the way from Brooklyn, he wasn't going to drive here with the uh, terrible weather. And the roads are shitty, uh, so he definitely shouldn't have come in. Uh, he has a whole thing. We were at the Rangers game the other night together, and he was talking about how he wants to go to Mars. Like He wants to be part of that Mars 1 a trip oh, to Mars. God. So I, I had that for the end, of the end of the podcast, but we'll save that for next week when he's back and we'll, we'll get into that. So Joe, you're going to have plenty of time to get into your stuff. So Awesome. I hope you're prepared. Uh, you know, I, I also wanted you to be in your bathrobe. I should have mentioned that. I, I wanted you to just be wearing a bathrobe and nothing else. But I, I, I can make that happen. Why don't you go do that real quick? I'll, 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 I'll pitch the next story. You, you, go, you go put on your bathrobe. Okay, you got it. Okay. Awesome. I think we lost Joey's video, but that's fine. All right. That. All right. Weird kind of. I was actually, you know what? When you called me to do the show, like I, I was sitting here with no shirt on because I thought we were just going to do a call in. And then I realized I had to get dressed once you said we were doing Skype or Google Hangout or whatever we're doing. Yeah, no, screw Skype. We do, we're supporting Google today. That, yeah, that wasn't working. You look but phenomenal. Anyway. You look great. I mean, you threw it together really quickly. I'm not prepared. I just threw on a, a, a hat. Just put my hair up in a bun and just threw on a hat. Yeah. Yeah, but you look good. Uh, right before, um, right after we tried Skype, I went out on the, the fire escape to smoke a cigarette, and I'm kind of afraid of heights. Are you? Terrifying. Yeah. Yeah, and, like, the thing is, is, like, I, like, I love, like, skydiving and shit because oh at least look, i have a look, chance look, look for the at parachute. Look, at, look at joey yeah amazing uh, hey joey. joey hi guys that's what i see for people that are watching this on daily motion later like that's what i see every time i go over to joey's house he just answers the door like hey how you doing i'm like why did you just get out of the shower like, why are you wearing that <laughs> <laughs> all right well that's great ridiculous well andy so you're afraid of heights okay well but that must have been nice being out of the fire escape snow's coming down you're having to smoke that's like a real new york moment you're having there it was yeah it was uh it was very cool but 
I also, mind you, like, the fire escape is out the window, so I'm, like, sitting on the windowsill with, like, my arm on the inside of the window, like, anchoring me in. Like, that's how afraid I am of that thing fucking collapsing and me going down. Like, I'm on the sixth floor. Like, I'm high up. Yes, yes. Okay. Well, all right. Well, yeah. that, that makes sense. Yeah, it's not like a straight, like, you're going to go stand on it outside type of thing. You're You're kind of hanging on there. No, but like, and and she's insisting that she's been out there with like six people at a time, and I'm like, I don't believe that for a second. I put my like the the weight of my legs on it, and I don't feel safe at all. Okay, well, all right, well, I'm glad you made it through. Uh, and hopefully, you'll get Thanks. over your fear uh, as time goes <laughs> on. Listen, this is a good one. We we talked about this at the end, uh, like after the episode last week. We brought it up. I can't believe we didn't even talk about it on the show. Jihadi John. They they figured out who Jihadi John is, the guy that's cutting everybody's heads off in the ISIS videos. Mm. It's uh, about time. Yeah, I wanted to talk about that real quick because there's something like I had pictures, but whatever you can guys can look it up. It's the guy's real name is Mohammed Mwazi. Uh, he's from London. And he's 26 years old. He uh, is now famous for being the masked British jihadist uh, cutting off all everybody's heads, which I guess is kind of cool if you're him, but not cool for everybody else. Uh, he apparently is being been tracked by MI5, the uh, British Secret Service, essentially, since 2009. They lost him in 2013 when he crossed over into Syria, and then apparently he got involved with ISIS. He applied, he went through their training program, and then became uh, upper management of ISIS. So that's uh, that's what happened there. He apparently also handles their hostage negotiations because he speaks English. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> why is uh, that funny, Joey? <laughs> no, I just find it funny with somebody with a mask trying to like negotiate, trying to get the people out there or get him as much money as he could. Oh, that's funny. You think that when he's in negotiations, he's just wearing the mask like he's some kind of like creepy superhero. Oh, he always has the mask on. Yeah, well, I would too. It's he's like, not a superhero, though. He's like Rey Mysterio. <laughs> yeah, he is. But um, uh, he's, only tw- he's only 26. Yeah, he's only 26 years old. So, I mean, he's doing pretty well for his age, I guess. I mean, I know he's I'm just a year kind of older than me and he's cutting off people's heads. Yeah, That's I mean, pretty impressive. does that make you feel bad about where you are? I mean, this guy's obviously made a pretty big impact on the global stage. He has, and like my career hasn't taken off near as much to cutting people's heads off on a regular basis on national television. No. No, I, to my knowledge, you've only cut off a couple heads and it's, it's we haven't filmed it or anything. No, we filmed a lot, but that was it. Right. Um, here's the interesting thing about it. There's not too much to get into, but this is something that I, that I think I mentioned to Andy this week. And, Joey, you haven't heard it yet because I haven't really talked to you this week. But I miss you, boo. Uh, he, uh, at age six, he, a friend of his uh, like was interviewed somebody that went to school with him and a couple of people went to school with him. And I have a couple of quotes, but one of them that's really interesting said, up until the age of six, he was totally normal. He would hang out with everybody. He uh, he actually went to like Mary Magdalene, like sc- school, Church of England. So he wasn't even like into Islam or any of that stuff. He would play soccer with everyone. One day he was out on the soccer field and he was like going to get into a fight potentially. So he started to run. Mm-hmm. He tripped and banged his head on the goalpost of the soccer uh, net and had a. Brain oh, my in- God. What? Imagine if that was a viral video nowadays. <laughs> Jihadi John <laughs> failed. No, no, just a kid about to get into a fight turns like a bitch, trips because he's so like inept as a person as a human being, and bangs his head on a soccer goalpost. That would be the most amazing video I'd ever seen. Anyway, yeah, yeah no, that'd be definitely be a viral video, especially if you knew it was him. Um, the, yeah, of course. The, yeah. the interesting thing about it, though, is that I guess he suffered a traumatic brain injury, essentially, because here, l- listen to this quote. This is really crazy. This is from his uh, former classmate at St. Mary Magdalene Church of England Primary School in West London. She goes, we were in the playground and Muhammad was running away from someone. I think he was just about to get into a fight. And as he was running, another guy blocked his path and he ran into a goalpost and hit his head on a metal goalpost and fell to the floor. This was year six. We didn't see him for six weeks. He was not the same ever since that brain injury. Mm. I'm telling you one million percent, he was not the same. Well, I know that there have been several um, 
probably more than several cases, like murder cases in the United States at least, where uh, traumatic brain injury has been the what they believe to be the cause of a lot of a lot of these murders. Like somebody will have been in like a motorcycle accident or a car accident or like a work injury, something like that, where they have traumatic brain injury and they they do in fact change as a person. They're like their yeah. makeup in their brain just changes and they become completely different and there have been many many cases that in the united states as far as like homicide cases go absolutely and that's what i find really fascinating about it because we're always talking about like oh is it the religion is it this it's that but this guy it seems like i mean obviously you can't blame it all on that but clearly you know no. a, a childhood brain injury could definitely cause a problem two two examples that i wanted to bring up sam kinnison when he was a kid or, or like younger, he was going to be a preacher. His dad was a preacher. He wanted to go into that. Yeah. He wasn't going to do mm -hmm. comedy at all. He got hit by a car and it fucked up his brain. Mm -hmm. You know, he had a brain injury. And then he became this like wild dude doing comedy and he was doing coke and all this shit. And that dramatically changed his life. Say, comedy and coke. That was Sam Kennison. A absolutely right. Mm -hmm. And the other one recently that I just heard about this woman she also had a brain injury. I forget what the circumstances were, but she ended up being like a dominatrix and like she got into like uh, like sex work and stuff like that and, and nice. ran up a lot of – did all this shit, got arrested, and they, they were like, no, it's literally not her fault. She started acting impulsively because of this brain injury that she had, and they blamed the brain injury. They're like, it's not her rationally acting. So that's the interesting mm. thing about this whole uh, jihadi John thing. I just thought that was uh, – Pretty weird to hear that he fucking banged his head on a goalpost and now he's some kind of like psycho, you know? Yeah, it is weird. Um, all right. I have one more quick one. You know what? I don't even really feel like getting into it, honestly. The Netanyahu speech to Congress, like, I, I don't feel like getting into it. The, the only thing I'm going to say about it, for those of you that don't know, ben Benjamin Netanyahu, the prime minister of Israel, came to the United States delivered a speech to Congress about the uh, the Iranian nuclear deal that the U.S. is trying to work out. Obama declined the meeting that, that he was going to have because uh, Netanyahu's up for re-election in a couple of weeks and he didn't want to get involved in a political thing, which I think is smart. Boehner, the uh, House of... Uh, the uh, Speaker of the House on the Republican side, invited Netanyahu. Netanyahu came, gave the speech to all Republicans, basically... And just said that, like, this is going to be a bad deal and the Iranians are going to get the – this paves the way to a nuclear Iran and all this shit. And that's basically it. But it was like a political trip. I don't think we need to get into it. There is a great article, though, on The Intercept uh, that points out that Netanyahu has been warning about an Iranian nuclear weapon since 1992. He says the bomb was imminent in 92, 95, 2002, 2009, 2012, and now again. And it's like they still don't have mm -hmm. nuclear weapons, buddy. So he's trying to derail this whole agreement uh, and actually uh, – Iran and the U.S. have said that this actually kind of strengthens their resolve to get a deal done because it's so silly and it really hasn't had the impact that uh, Netanyahu wanted. So I think that's good, but I, I don't really think we need to get into that any more than that. Um, okay, so here's the thing. For the end of the episode, I did just want to get into the uh, Ronda Rousey, uh, Katzengano outcome. We can do like a little wrap-up on that at the end. Yeah, can we talk about that? A absolutely. I, I figured we would get into it. Um, Andy, do you have anything that you want to get into here or did we kind of cover what you wanted to talk about or, or what's going on? Um, we kind of did. What, what are we at for time? We're at like 45 minutes. I think we're doing good. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, th I think we've covered, yeah, we've covered basically everything I wanted to talk about. I just, did you see that article about, uh, the, the plane going off the runway at LaGuardia today? Uh, yeah, I did briefly. I didn't really get a chance to like read it, but I saw it. Yeah, it wasn't really a big deal. Just like to add to why we're coming from separate locations today. I guess this morning a plane went off the runway at LaGuardia, and I don't think anybody got hurt. It was like a Delta flight with like 125 passengers, five crew. I guess they went off like the edge of the runway after they landed. The nose of the plane got fucked up, but I think everybody was okay. Like a couple people went to the hospital, but just to give you an idea of like how bad and like I'm looking out the window right now here in Queens. I know you can't see Chris because you're in the studio, yes, but it's like still it's it's still snowing like really. It stopped for like a minute, but it's it's 
picked up again. It's snowing really hard out here in Queens. Yeah, no, it's legitimately mm-hmm. coming down. I mean, I would say this is probably pretty close to like the supposed like snowlacost that we were getting a couple of months ago or whatever. Like, <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, that's what I was gonna say. I think this. I I think a storm of this magnitude is what they were expecting when they were calling for that one uh, a couple like two weeks ago or whatever it was. Yeah, yeah, it's legit out. Well, I, I took the bus over. That was fine, but then walking, I fucking like snow boots on i'm tired walking over here it's like there's no traction there's a lot of snow everywhere so yeah it's better that you guys didn't come um yeah dude yeah no no boots and a shoe with a hole in the heel wasn't the way to go no well oh but you know what you you uh, idiot you should have put bread bags on your feet like Joni Ernst. Oh. oh, God. Way to bring it full circle. <laughs> you like Come on that? back. You, yeah, that just popped into my head. I'm very happy. Uh, Should have done that. <laughs> yes. Well, okay. So now I now I question your loyalties to the show, Andy. So there you go. Oh, damn. <laughs> um, all right. So are you, Andrew, are you ready to let Joey get into this topic that he's extremely excited about? Yep. I'm re- 100% ready. All right. Joey, are you ready? Yes, I am. What? Yes, I am. Okay. It's your show, bub. Uh, on February 27th, 2015, Boris Nistrom was assassinated in Moscow in front of the Kremlin. He was a former deputy minister who, who became a major opposition figure to Russian President Vladimir Putin. He was shot four times in the back. Now, to me, there's a lot of questions that should be asked. And the fact that the United States media is not covering it is a huge issue to me. I haven't heard anything about it. The fact that there was an assassination. Chris, did you hear about this? Uh, Yeah, but I'm but yeah, but I mean, I'm like more I would say more than a casual like news peruser. So, yeah, but yeah, but the fact I'll give you that, Joey, I like. I haven't heard any big coverage about it. And the saddest thing is, is if it's in America, if it's not appearing on Twitter or anything like that, most people probably won't know about it because they don't go to regular news sites. Yeah. 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 It's, uh, I mean, I've, I've, I will say I've seen it covered a little bit, but you're right. It's not getting like, uh, the major attention that it possibly could be getting. Although I guarantee Fox has been on it, but I haven't really watched Fox uh, the last couple of days, but um, yeah, Joey, why don't you give a little like? Well, you kind of said it already, right? I mean, he's a yeah. he's a political opponent of Putin. Uh, he's calling for reforms mm-hmm. and things like that. Obviously, Putin kind of has a uh, like a bit of a tyranny going on over there. He, he's running the whole show. Um, yes, and this guy has been outspoken against that. He was out with his really hot girlfriend walking around, and he yeah, he got shot four times in the back, which clearly you know who's responsible for that like is that uh, that's why you find this uh incredible and why nobody's really covering it too much joey well i i i honestly don't even know who's responsible too which is a main issue yes you do you do know who's responsible yeah you do i I mean it's like it's a clear clearly it's a mob hit basically you know what i mean it's like putin has these guys out there and this guy's talking shit against putin essentially to put it ineloquently and He's dead now, so I think that kind of sends the message. Like you know, but and you I'm don't pretty know. sure. I'm pretty sure he's done things like this in the past. Oh, absolutely. Oh yeah, definitely, so. definitely. I mean, Putin's like old school KGB. That guy does not screw he, around. He, I mean, yeah, no, he is. Like he runs that place like a, like a dictator, like like a cartoon dictator would, basically. <laughs> yes, absolutely, right. <laughs> right, like Putin's at dinner, he hands out cigars, and like the guy he doesn't like cigar blows up and kills him. He's like, whoops, I don't know what happened. <laughs> exactly, yeah. He's like Dr. Evil, like with the chairs that throw his fucking henchmen into the lava pit under the floor. That's how I imagine him. Correct, yes. I assume Putin has a, uh, a, a metal floor that opens to like a shark tank. Yeah, with laser beams, of course. Or at least angry sea bass with laser beams. Right, definitely. Uh, the Shit, what was I just going to say about that? Mm, oh, well, the other thing is, like, Russia's economy is, is in trouble right now because the price of oil has dropped, so they're not making as much money. There's a lot of sanctions that the U.S. has put on them. So the pressure, while it's not going to, like, get Putin out of office, 
the pressure is on him to the extent that there can be cases made against him. Like he's not as ironclad as he would be if Russia was doing well economically or whatever, you know? So this mm-hmm. is like probably a, a pretty good time for him to take out a political opponent, but yeah, absolutely. that shit could definitely backfire on him. Right? Sure. Well, here's the interesting thing about the story Well, he was shot. There's closed circuit cameras, but conveniently they were down for maintenance on that day. Mm. Not only that, it's like the Ferguson from where Police the gunman, Department. Yeah. Not to mention, from where the gunman came from, there's a snowplow that blocks out the other camera. So this guy knew exactly where the snowplow was going to be. Comes out, fires six bullets, and gets four of them in the back. Right. Jesus. So that's a guy that knows what he's doing, too, because we always talk about that. Like, even the best trained shooter only hits 40%, but that guy went no. way over 40%. <laughs> yeah, and did the hot girlfriend get hit? Nope. Nobody she else did got not. touched. Okay, so that's what it was. So, and again, to Joey's point, this guy knew all these things. And again, it's like a it's like a spy movie, but again, like this it's so ridiculous over there in Russia that this probably the way we're putting it together is probably the reality of the situation. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. I I, I mean, it would be stupid to think otherwise. Like, what is it, just some random uh, hitman that just shows up and kills people for, you know? Yeah, in all all of those perfect instances to make sure that the guy couldn't get caught, all of those, those were just coincidence. All of those events leading up. (laughs) Right, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Well, Joe, you got anything else on that? Yeah, just one more thing. Uh, Apparently, Boris was going to have a march in March, because apparently Putin has a secret war going on in the Ukraine where 6,000 people have died. But none I don't of this think it's that secret. Yeah, I was just going to say, yeah, it's, it's not so secret. Well, I mean, we we're pretty aware of what he's doing in Ukraine. But right, but like, it's, it's wink, wink, we're not doing it, yeah. but we are doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, right. Okay, so, so I mean, that that's, shit that's, I find unbelievable. Yeah, of course, but that's obviously all political motive. You know, I mean, it's a, it's a political assassination, essentially. Yeah, that's what it is, and the fact that it's not being covered. I, I agree, Joey. That it's insane that assassinations are going on in a big, a big, you know what I mean, like a a well, a well covered country. The fact that this hasn't come out in the United States to to on a bigger scale is unbelievable to me. But. Right. Well, right. Like Russia's a real well, you country. Do know. That's a place. You know, like yeah, it's crazy yeah. that somebody gets assassinated. You can definitely blame or potentially blame the guy that's running that country with an iron fist. Uh, yeah. Okay. Good, Joe. What were you going to say? If it's not a blue and black dress or two llamas, apparently nobody gives a shit. Oh my god. Uh, yeah, we can. What do you guys think? Did you guys see the dress? Black. Oh and my blue. god. You saw it as black and blue, right, Andy? Yes. Joey, what did you see it as? It depended on which monitor I looked at. Nope. Give us the answer. Gold and white. You did? Yes. I think it's because your brain's broken. I saw it as blue and black. I I came in, Molly's sitting on the couch, and she's like, come here a minute, look at this dress, what colors are it? And I was like, blue and black. And she's like, what the fuck are you talking about? She She was seeing it as white and gold, but then... Later, she started looking at it, and she was like, oh, I see what you're saying. I can see a touch of gold, but I think it's the fabric, the black. But I definitely see blue. I never at any point saw white. You know what I believe? I don't understand. Not what I believe. I don't understand. Has anybody come out and explained it to why people see this in two different, in four different colors, essentially? Not to any, like exact science on why but they're basically like people's perceptions are just you know it literally affects how you see things your own perception whatever it's sort of that type of thing where it's just how your brain sees it like 25 percent of people see it blue and black and the dress is blue and black so you know. oh it actually is yes well oh, also okay. the other issue was when they took the picture, the one that they use and posted online, the picture itself is overexposed. Oh, absolutely. So it's not even a true representation of the actual picture. And different monitors and different um, computers read the image differently as well. Yes. So you had everybody looking through different uh, 
uh, options, I guess. Yeah. Yes. Well, yeah. When I saw it on my phone, it looked very blue. When I looked at it on one of my computer monitors, it looked. I was like, oh, okay, it's like a pale blue. I could see why people. You know, I still didn't see it as white, but I could see why there might be differences of opinion. One, my other computer monitor was a little darker, but but I always saw it as blue. So. Yeah, I always saw it as blue and black, and it's just amazing to me that 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 opposite of colors could be seen. One one group of people sees white and gold, and the other group sees blue and black. That that's amazing to me. But. It is crazy because Molly freaked out when I was like, "It's blue and black," and she was like, "What? Yeah. The, what the fuck are you saying?" She's like, "It's white and gold. I'm seeing it as white and gold." Everybody's been freaking out. It's been caught. Like, if you don't agree on the dress situation, it is always a heated argument because I guess it's just so fucked up to us as humans that like everybody else's perception isn't like ours right well that's that's mm. kind of what really fascinates me about it and like i've had this conversation with molly before there was actually this like crazy thing where me her and her sister were like arguing about the color of this shirt it was just like a whole thing and she, uh-huh. one of them thought it was more blue molly thought it was uh green and i was like it is green but like there's blue in it and like for me it's weird because i do so much graphics and like editing and stuff i always think in terms of like the color wheel so like I can see where stuff is shaded one way and like, oh, there might be a little this in there, you know, whatever. It's a whole thing. But like when you it's interesting because I know what I think red is. I know what I think the table color is or whatever you do, too. And we can go, yeah, that's red. But we might be seeing it in a totally different shade of red. Like we really don't know what everybody else's perception of color is, which is really, really fascinating. True. I also think that this is some kind of CIA thing. And I think they're just fucking with us. I think it is too. <laughs> it seems like something shady to me. Definitely. But anyway, um, what what are we wrapping up with? Well, uh, fourteen I mean, seconds. What? Oh yeah, yeah. We'll get into it. Well, Joey, did you? Seconds. Joey. Mm-hmm. Did you have anything else to talk about, or was that it? You just wanted to bring up the dress. That that was it. I, uh, my outrage on assassination and it not being covered. Okay. Uh, all right. So that's fine. Now. I'm just going to reiterate that uh, we're ending with a Migo song called Antidope, which I'm excited to hear. I've never heard it. Um, I also want to say this. You guys, we're usually live streaming uh, today because of the weather. The Internet's down. It's just like a whole series of issues that we've overcome to record this episode, which I'm happy about. But every Thursday at 4 o'clock, usually like 99% of the time, we're going to be live streaming on Daily Motion. Uh, the live stream link is in the description of this podcast. Uh, the, this episode, it's in the description. So you guys can find that if you want to watch live. If you don't, don't worry about it because some of the live episodes are going to be put up in full on Daily Motion later. Uh, if you want to subscribe to Stand Up New York Labs on there, you can check us out. You can check out a lot of the other shows, which are great. Uh, you can also go on SoundCloud.com slash Mandatory Samson. Please subscribe on there. Leave comments. I, I love uh, interacting with everybody. It's a lot of fun. You can email us at MandatorySampson at gmail.com. You can tweet us. I'm at ManSamp. Uh, the uh, beautiful guy over there with the red flannel is uh, A underscore Lozy, L-O-Z-Z-I. And the psycho in the bathrobe is uh, <laughs> Joey from Jersey. Jersey spelled with a Z. So that's how you can get in touch with us. Um, I wanted to wrap up. Yeah, Joey, 14 seconds. I wanted to wrap up with the uh, Ronda Rousey Katzingano fight at UFC 184, which took place over the weekend. Uh, what are your initial thoughts on it there, buddy? I cannot believe that that actually happened. I was really psyched to see how the fight was going to go the distance. So I even dragged my mom to watch this. I'm like, yo, you want to see this? These are the two best female fighters in the world. They're going to go at it. You ready for this? Replay it. 14 seconds. That's it. I love yeah, how you it. set that up. They're going to go at it. You ready for this? <laughs> <laughs> Joey's the uh, Howard Cosell of our generation. Um, yeah. Yeah. It, well, and like we talked about, uh, that had the potential to be a real war. Like I thought that was going to go long. Mm. I thought it was going to be at least three yeah. rounds. But the way, dude, the way Rousey flipped herself over there, like, dude, the mechanic, like, her mechanics are so unbelievable. Like, she came in, Kat came in with that aggression, and that move has worked before. That, That coming out with the strong flying knee, that's ended a lot of fights in 15 seconds as well. Sure. But yes, yes. she made a mistake right. to go in with that kind of energy against Rousey, 
who's such a beast. I thought that was a big, it, I mean, it obviously turned out to be a big mistake, right. but it, it just didn't seem like a good I idea to try and take Rousey, who has won so many fights quickly, to try and take that to her rather than feel it out, at least for the first round, and then maybe go for it in the second. That seemed like a very, a very big mistake to me. Yeah, yeah, absolutely right. I mean, hindsight's twenty twenty, obviously right. Had she knocked out Ronda in ten seconds, we'd have been like, "Holy shit!" But right, I I agree with yeah, you. Right. And Ronda in her post fight interview, uh, which I found interesting, she her part of her game planning is not game planning against the opponent. She asks her coaches to tell her how they think her opponent will beat her, and then she gets better at those things. So she's just she doesn't have to worry. She just goes in and she's unbeatable. So yeah. she tries to just work on her own weaknesses as opposed to trying to figure out what the opponent's weakness is. But she good strategy, great strategy. She did say she thought that Zingano was going to come out aggressive because a lot of people haven't done that, and so she was kind of well yeah. prepared for it. The other thing is, yeah, she actually was taken down at first. Ronda was, but she said that through her judo background, she immediately thought, don't let your back touch the ground. That's going to be a point against you. Like her brain just went on autopilot, flipped Zingano and trapped that arm so fast. That's what's amazing about it. Like that fight definitely, I think if you do it a hundred times, it's going to go, you know, a bunch of different ways. That's not going to always be the way that that fight ends. Um, Right. That's probably not the likely outcome if you do it a hundred times. But Ronda Rousey is so... Um, so she's just incredibly skilled. She is a one in a, I tweeted, she is a one in a million person. Like you are not going to find another Ronda Rousey. And just the way that she, uh, just went on autopilot and fucking took that arm and and won the fight is just stunning. And it was not disappointing. Like, yeah, I I felt bad for Kat Zingano because I would have liked to have seen her have more of a legitimate chance to win, but God damn it. That was not, that was exciting as anything. That was the most exciting 14 second Mm -hmm. fight I've ever seen, you know? Yeah, that was uh, a lot of, yeah, most exciting 14-second fight ever. Would have been nice to see it go the distance, but it was just cool to see that Rousey is, she is, in fact, that good. Yes, yeah. she she is head and shoulders better than everybody in the division. And I, and uh, actually, I think uh, Edan Dixon, who I mentioned before, I think he commented, like, yeah, she was, she was a real test for Rousey. And I was like, well, she was, but... <laughs> You know, the fight just went a, a crazy way. She definitely was a real real test, but it just goes yeah. to show you how strong Ronda Rousey is and what, what a freak she is. Mm-hmm. I think Zingano will get back there eventually. They'll probably fight again, and you'll probably get a, a, a more realistic idea of how good Zingano is because she is, making no mistake, great, but Ronda Rousey is just yeah. unbelievable. Yeah. Um, I, I did want to bring this up, Andy, just to see how you thought about it. And obviously, Joey as well uh joe rogan uh made a comment like the day before the fight and uh he said that well let me just read the read the quote there's a lot of guys her size that she could beat i mean a lot if you took the roster Uh of the ufc's bantamweights 135 pounds and you paired them up against ronda rousey she might be able to beat 50 percent of them that's not a joke the ability to take punches is a significant difference. The structure of the face, the muscles in the neck, women just cannot take the same kind of punches that men can. That's the only reason why I only give Ronda a chance at beating 50% of them. If she could take uh, the kind of punches that some of these guys might possibly land, it might get up to like 60%. She's a truly special talent. What do I think of that? Yeah. I 100% agree. And I like how he... Um, went into the, the, I guess you could call the science of it, of the fact that, and I, because I know a lot of women would, if he didn't mention the science, they'd be like, well, why, like, you can't say that. But it's true. We have different facial structures. We have different neck muscles. That's the way it would work. But I do believe that 50% of the fighters, just the way she is, she could probably take. I agree. I mean, I got to agree with them. I mean, first of all, he, knows way more than I do about it. I mean, obviously I'm a fan of, of it, course. but like he's in the thing. If he says 50%, I believe him 50%. I think that's true. Like I, I do too. He's a, he's a guy who doesn't uh, talk out of his ass at all. He always comes from a place of uh, a place of knowledge and a place of great perspective in my opinion. And uh, yeah, I, I would have to agree with him on that. Yeah, totally. I mean, the thing is like, because the things that she's good at uh, the judo throws, um, 
the arm bar, obviously, she probably has the best arm bar in the sport. Like, that, those yep. are things that she can use against anybody. I don't care who you are. You grab her, she's going to be able to flip you. Like, Ian McCall, uh, well, uh, Uncle Creepy, he came – I'm sorry to cut you off. He goes he, – he took offense to it. He was like, there's no way she's going to throw me if she grabs me. But, like, I don't agree with you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I – and there's a lot of uh, a lot of UFC fighters, like even Diaz, a lot of them lately have had women, like, in their – like, they will, like, roll with women and spar with women and stuff – and they'll they will say they'll be the first to admit they get great workouts with them. N- is that necessarily a fight? No, but they can hang against most most men. You uh, you would be stupid not to believe that they're world class athletes in the highest division of this of this sport in uh, on the planet. So you have to believe they can hang. No, no doubt about it. Yeah, Joe, you got any uh, any thoughts on that? Yeah, the one thing I think that the men wouldn't be able right, to, um, like, pose with Wanda is the pose that she shows after championship match. The fact that after the match was over so quickly, she went over to make sure that Katsangana was all right and offered her a few words of condolences is incredible. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, she's 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 spectacular. I mean, I love Ronda Rousey. She really is amazing. She's Definitely, like, one of my favorite fighters to watch. Every fight she has is, is incredible. And, yeah, people gave her a lot of shit after the Misha Tate fight because she really hates Misha Tate. I mean, she really hates her. Yeah. And she wouldn't shake her hand after the fight, and she was like, I don't respect her. Like, I just have no respect for her. I'm not going to shake her hand, and people gave her shit about that. But then, right, you watch her after the Zingano fight, and she immediately, because you know Kat Zingano's been training for, you know, a year plus for this fight. Years. She's been thinking about, right, I mean, she's training her whole life, essentially, for this opportunity. And then for it to be over on what essentially is a mistake. I mean, I, I'm kind of loath to call it that, but like essentially it's a mistake on our yeah. part. Like, you know, that's brutal. That's crushing. Uh, and yeah, Rhonda went over, she hugged her and she said, get, you know, get back training. We'll do this again. Like, let's do this again. You deserve a show. Yeah. So yeah, right. I mean, Rhonda, Ra- yeah, she's, she's incredible. She's really, uh, she's special and she's making, I think she's probably making the biggest impact in the mainstream for the fight, for the sport. Um, since, since, I don't know who Chuck Liddell, maybe uh, George St. Pierre, but she's she's a huge deal, and and yeah, she's extremely poised. She's she's great. Um, yeah. All right, so I think we kind of covered everything, guys. I mean, th- I think this went really well. We're we're almost an hour and ten minutes at this point, so I th- I think we did good. Okay, great. Awesome. Yeah, I think it was a fun episode, even though we're all in separate places. I think it went as as well as it could, right? I mean, it didn't seem too choppy on your end. No, not at all. It's coming through clear. Evan, you're hearing it fine, right? Yeah. I, I, I think, uh, yeah, I don't think anybody listening is going to be like be annoyed by it. I think you could tell you guys are on the phone, but I kind of like the way that sounds. I think it's cool. And uh, yeah, everything's coming through nice. really clear. So I, I think it's nice. Um, all right, guys. Well, thank you so much, everybody, for listening. We really appreciate it. And, uh, you know, we wanted to get, this is good to know that we can do this because we always want to make sure we get an episode out. We were texting this mm-hmm. morning and I was like, I don't know, maybe we'll just like put out clips or something. But I was like, no, F it. I'm going over there. We'll, we'll set up. I, I'm in the city. I can get there. And uh, you guys, right. uh, you know, got involved on the phone. So it's really, really cool. So thank you, everybody, for listening. We are going to be back uh, next Thursday with a brand new episode. Uh, hopefully we'll all be in the same location. I think we will. Uh, Evan, nice. thank you, sir, for being here. Thank you for helping produce this. I really appreciate it. Um, oh, and I just want to say to Evan, when, when you're done, like when we're done recording, you can stop the recording over there, but don't exit out because then we'll lose the, the call, I think. Okay. Um, all right. So anyway, guys, thank you very much for listening. I gave the whole spiel about the emails and the tweets and all that stuff. We love it. Keep them coming. Please subscribe on sound, subscribe on SoundCloud. Uh, also, just go on Daily Motion. Check it out. See if you like some of the episodes. See if you like some of the other podcasts. If you don't, no big deal. It's not going to kill me. I just uh, want you guys to enjoy the podcast however uh, you like. So thank you very much. Uh, We all love you, and we will talk to you all next week.